Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and we are here for some off-season news. Uh, The Cruton Corner has been going strong still, but mainly, the portal has giveth. Uh, Mainly by way of the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, And honestly, for this one, look, I, I, I can probably lead all right, but I know Jameson can take the lead on this one. So I'm going to hand the reins over to Jameson to host here. Um, but first, how's everyone doing? Uh, you know, we've, we've gone almost a full, you know, month without OU football. Uh, so what have, what have y'all been up to? Go for it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, the, that's pretty much the answer. Nothing. Uh, I've gotten into uh, other sports uh, a little bit. I know everyone's really into basketball. Uh, I've been to uh, some gymnastics meets, uh, which is always uh, super fun. It's crazy to see the stuff that, that they do. Um, and yeah, pretty much just waiting on football to come back. I don't really, I'm not super into the NFL. So Fair enough. FCS coming back, that's going to be a good time. So we'll have to probably put together some pick em pods for you know, random FCS teams. <laughs> I don't know. It, this off season will be uh, an interesting one. Jameson, how have you been? I've been good. I've been hitting that NBA Top Shot game for all those who listen to play NBA Top Shot. It is uh, a virtual trading card kind of stock Bitcoin um, form, uh, and it's been blowing up. So that has taken my time. But yeah, it's been really fun. And um, just back to OU football, you know, last time we talked, this coming year was supposed to be our year, you know, uh, the one that we projected to win, you know, the national championship with that 2019 recruiting class. But at the end of the year, even after that win to Florida, I was kind of nervous that I didn't think we had it all. And we had a couple of spots on this team that really had some holes that weren't tip-top national championship talent. And I really think that the portal really helped us there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just get right down brass tacks here. Jameson, tell us what the Sooners have gained in the portal the past couple days. Yeah, so everyone's heard about it. You know, the Tennessee um, coming through. We've gotten a lot of guys through the portal, and you had to see this coming. I, I know some people were concerned of how many people we lost in the portal. You know, guys like Jalen Conyers, Robert Barnes, John Michael Terry, Tanner Mordecai. 
you know, Chandler Morris, uh, TJ Pledger, Charleston Rambo, those guys, you know, um, that's a lot. I kept going and I felt like I keep having to say more. And that gave us plenty of scholarships to hand out and we can be picky about it. And that's, that's the great part where we have so much space that transfers are going to want to come to us because they see an opportunity to do well. One of the best, you know, blue bloods in the nation with team, with a team that has 10 open scholarships. So there's no wonder why all these really good guys are coming in. Let's start off first talking about Wanya Morris, one of the first Tennessee um, transfers come in. He is an offensive tackle and started, I believe, 13 games at Tennessee. I'm not sure on the number, but around there. And, he, and he's been playing seriously as a tackle in SEC land since he was a freshman. So he has played two years. That means he'll have three years of eligibility left. Um, with the Sooners. So this is a big time move for us. We don't know if he's going to be left tackle or right tackle. Um, Bobby, do you think that left tackle or right tackle would be better for him moving forward with Adrian Ely um, going away? Yeah, I I mean, that's going to be an obviously interesting point. I'm personally not super sure. Uh, You know, it's tough to tell. Basically, I'm just uh, improvising because I can't remember who we have at left and right right now. The, The line has been as weak as it has been. Uh, so really, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see what, you know, wh- where Tennessee's guys are as compared to ours, you know, like yeah. where, where Wanya is, uh, in this, in the hierarchy, you know, when you throw him in there, um, I think it really, it's, it's going to be interesting who takes up the, uh, center role, uh, and that, yeah, definitely. that'll change, that'll change, uh, everything right there. So mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the thing is we'd want Chris Murray to set into that center, you know, the transfer from UCLA. Um, Bill Biedenbaugh is really big on him. The thing is with Wanya Morris in the tackle position, position, just breaking it down, right tackle was Adrian Ely. There was no doubt about it for us last year. Um, but the left tackle, you know, Anton Harrison, the freshman, now sophomore, um, played a lot of good snaps there. But Swenson kept going out and playing left tackle. Swenson has returned on his free years, um, you know, that they got with COVID. He was supposed to be a senior and graduating, but he's came back for depth purposes. So Wanya has played a lot of left tackle, not as much right tackle, but we have a spot open at right tackle. Swenson has been moved to right. So would you rather play young Anton Harrison of what he's played at more or young Wanya Morris that it's what he's played at more? One of the two is going to have to adapt and play right tackle. And we can also look for Bray Walker at right tackle as well. So, Ty, um, let's move on to another transfer. Have you have you seen much about Eric Gray, the running back from Tennessee? Um, I, I don't really know if I could even dive into that without just going into a monologue on trolling Tennessee. <laughs> so if you if you want to handle handle that instead of it turning into a 30 minute uh, dumpster fire. <laughs> but we need we need a little dumpster fire here. So I'll just give you a little update of what, you know, Eric Gray Running back from Tennessee, he's got four years with us now, so he's been he's been in for two years. You know, like he is really good. Um, he was a four star coming out. Wanya Morris was a five star, but the way he's developed at Tennessee, he all the Tennessee fans that um, were talking, you know, they lose Wanya, they're like, okay, he's really good, but they're really upset about Eric Gray. Right? They see something special in this kid, and Tennessee is imploding. And I, I saw a tweet, I think it was from Super K. He said. If you're Josh Heupel, the new coach of Tennessee, how are you going to convince all these players going to OU that you shouldn't go to OU? There's no way he can. There's nothing he can do. But I really want to hear about this dumpster fire thing. Ty, Ty yeah. please, please. No, and I, I think, I think uh, you know, a, a point I did just 
you know, realize is it's, it's super significant. I know just back to sort of my meta stuff. Uh, I think you guys all know I'm, I'm super big on, um, successful transfer guys, uh, you know, especially guys coming up from the Juco cause it really worked for it. But, uh, you know, Gray is a, was a super highly touted recruit, obviously, but he went to an area where it was not guaranteed that he'd succeed. And he really did succeed uh, at a system that is not good, that has been, you know, perennially not good um, for, for a while. Um, and it's super neat to see someone that wants to work and is in just a system where you're constantly failing, playing difficult teams and, and putting up yards and stuff. Um as to Tennessee itself, it's just I personally the the biggest thing that always gets me is granted not in COVID years, but I don't know how they sell a hundred and ten thousand tickets plus to all of their home games. Like they constantly sell out. Like they have diehard fans in like orange and white checkered full outfits paying hundreds of dollars for season tickets to watch them get blown out by Vandy every year. It's just insane to me. But I think for Tennessee, it's just, you know, when you're a program that has had success, you know, you just try to cling to the the hope and the hope that Tennessee will return. Uh, you know, anytime they get a modicum of success, they say it feels like 98. Uh, it's, it, it's much like Texas or Texas A&M, but, or Arkansas. It, there, there are several programs around the country that are like that, but, um, Geez, Tennessee, what a dumpster fire. The, right. you know, uh, you, you go from a year ago, like less than a year ago, making fun of OU for being 42nd in their recruiting rankings to having OU ransack them uh, and their coach, who they thought was the future, getting sacked, no pun intended, because he was handing out money in McDonald's bags. It, it really just remarkably stupid. <laughs> I will say that Tennessee has shown a uh, sort of a marked improvement in that their coaching search this time, uh, they were able to pretty quickly find someone that was willing to take the job. Uh, I don't know if everyone remembers their last coaching search where they kept approaching people and people were like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." (laughs) well, because they, they tried to hire Shiano and (laughs) then I guess that wasn't good enough. So they fired or unhired him and it just, it was a mess then it's a mess now. I think uh, it's really funny that it's Josh Heupel, and I think there's a ton of, you know, uh, I think there's a ton of jokes coming for for us in the future. It's, uh, it's going to be so. Uh, this situation <laughs> continues to uh, to develop. I don't know how Heupel took the job that he did, took that team that was super successful in claiming national championships, and really just sort of let them decline, and then was able to upgrade in a job. But it's, it's all about their leadership, you know. Um, I always forget his name, Bobby, but, you know, uh, US, UCF. I almost said UFC again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and then the guy is like, his name is like Dan White. Danny White yes. is the a- athletic director, uh, formerly at U- uh, UCF. Because <laughs> it's Dana and Dan. And it's Dan- just with the UFC mm-hmm. and UCF, so it's really confusing. But yeah, it was kind of just a lazy hire. I really think, you know, it, he had a good relationship with Josh, and Josh obviously has this small man mentality. That's why he disowned himself with OU, does not really call himself an OU quarterback anymore, which I think is just ridiculous. He has this massive chip on his shoulder, and him going to SEC, low-end competition, just fits his bill so perfectly as a coach. And they're in a dumpster fire, and they lost so many of their young goods players. So good luck, Josh Heupel. I I wish you the best. 
Um, but let's, I'll, I'll say one more thing about Eric Gray. I know this, this is huge um, getting him and I really think that I almost believe in him more so than Kennedy Brooks. And wow. I understand that this is extremely big to say, but you have never seen really many stories at all of college players or, you know, NFL players rarely, you know, like Ricky Williams, of taking years off and coming back. You've seen it with like a Marshawn Lynch and stuff. Those are veterans in the NFL. Baker Mayfield. Times. You know, well, that's that's a different. Tyler really Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Those all happened very young, though. You know, okay, with, yeah. with Brooks, he's a seasoned vet. Uh, I'm interested to see, you know, or to really find out if he's been doing anything with the program. Cause I know Jalen Redman was with the, with a, with OU for a little bit practicing uh, and he uh, returned and, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, in, in terms of Brooks, that's, that's very interesting. Cause I, yeah, I, 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 ju- I really just think that it's just, if you've played a year of football right before, I just believe in that more. Yeah. Cause you're already in football shape a little bit. It's easier to, you know, transition uh, a little bit when you've, you know, your last game was in November and not, you know, uh, November of the year before. Uh, I will say about Gray, I really like what what we what I've seen there. Uh, he has that big playability, um, a remarkable. He has the tenth longest run in SEC history. Granted, it was against Vanderbilt, so SEC with an <laughs> asterisk. But still, the guy has the ability to separate to you know really hit the home run run home run run whatever. You get the point. The guy is, has the potential to be an absolute star. And if he's not, you know, he's just a he, – he, he is what a a lot of stability in a uh, position group that, you know, really was looking like it was one injury away from being not uh, remarkable. So yeah. um, definitely yeah, helps with our with our, our depth. I Ty. think uh, – I, I actually agree with, with Jameson's statement on, uh, on Brooks, and in no disrespect to, to Brooks, obviously, but Gray is uh, – a very known factor with a significantly worse, you know, offensive play calling and offensive line than he's going to be working with here. Um, so it's, I, I don't see a, you know, just looking at his past successes, obviously that's not always indicative of, of future results, but you know, with what he was doing with a way worse conditions for himself, uh, I, I expect great things. And it's another thing I just wanted to touch on real quick. Like you talked about that, that home run ability, um, is really cool because I really feel like we have uh, a lot of that building now. Uh, we saw a lot of those sort of big home run runs, you know, maybe not all the way to the house, but those big home run runs from uh, Seth Gowan in the bowl game, uh, you know, as he continues to to develop. And it's, it's going to be cool to see, you know, multiple weapons back there because we, in recent years, uh, haven't really had multiple really reliable weapons out of the backfield. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, we were really questioning that run game. And Ramondre Stevenson came in and bailed us out. And once Ramondre came back, McGowan and, you know, Major decided to look a little bit better because the run game was better because Ramondre opened it up. Um, it's just my thing with Kennedy. I'm just going to just put this one more point is the way he plays the game is he's not the most athletic guy in the field. He's not the most he's not the fastest, but he's one of the smartest. He makes really good decision making. And that's all on intuition and instinct. I don't know how much of that instinct has gone away in a year. You know, Baker Mayfield's a different story, but if we're talking Kyler Murray, you know, Kyler Murray goes out there and he out-athleticizes you and just destroys you on the field. That's what he does. And there were so many plays in that year where he came back from his first year off. 
Um, also remember, he didn't start his first year back. Um, he still got to play games behind Baker. Um, there were plays where we looked at him in that season where he started that was just like, what are you doing? You know, like there's a lot of bonehead moves, but his athleticism bailed him out a lot. I think Kennedy Brooks is still going to be the first string running back. I still think he's going to be our, our bell cow, but I think Eric Gray has every opportunity to go in and take it from him. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I agree. And and I do, before we, I promise I'm going to keep it quick, before we leave the Tennessee thing, just on the off chance uh, that anyone that's like a Tennessee simp sees this and gets angry, I'm just going to invalidate all their arguments right away by acknowledging, yes, Tennessee last won a national championship only two years prior to OU's last national championship. So <laughs> you can't, you know, we're just going to get that out of the way. That's not the standard of relevancy. Uh, we have remained relevant since then. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just because someone might point that out, you know, it has been 20 years plus for both teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, we're yeah, about OU, guys. Honestly, we're, we're getting like each season that goes by that we don't win a national championship. I'm feeling more and more like Georgia, if we're being honest. <laughs> oh, man. At least, at least they recruit. The thing is, <laughs> we're so lucky. So here's the thing with Tennessee is everyone's cheating in the SEC. You know, you have to keep up to cheat. But whenever you're handing out money in a McDonald's bag, you can't be stupider than that. That's just obvious. You know, you've got to do better ways. Um, the thing is with Alabama, their recruits post pictures with them in their new cars as they commit. Um, so uh, that's pretty stupid, but they're not Tennessee. They're not going to come around like, you know, Alabama. Would. Alabama is this, like, scary force that you never go after. Tennessee is just so sad that if they do something wrong, they see it. The SEC is like, yeah, we probably should go after that. <laughs> it, it's blatant. Yeah, it's it, – you know, McDonald's bags are one that are like a totally different thing compared to I randomly have a Dodge Charger now. Like, yeah. I promise you, I'm just going into debt. <laughs> I, we really need to do we really need to do a whole podcast on just recruiting conspiracies and violations. It is, you know, we really get into Gooner territory there. We go into the deep, dark depths of all comment boards and talk about bagmen. Yeah, you know, I know we have them, you know, but not SEC level. Um, but, you know. It's really, really good that it seems like we're riding off other bagmen's money in the transfer portal because we get beat out for guys like Kamar Wheaton, you know, guys at the end of the, you know, Tristan Lee to those big colleges at the very end. And then we established such a good relationship with them now. They got their bag in the recruiting cycle. They're like, oh, I mean, this sucks. I'm going to go over to OU and we don't have to pay them as much if we even do pay them. So. I'm down for taking scraps, you know, like these aren't bad players we're getting. These are just players that are just tired with their situation. Moving on to the last Tennessee guy, Keyshawn Lawrence. He goes by Key now. Safety out of Tennessee. We were on big and him during his recruiting cycle two years ago. He thought he visited us. He thought about coming um, to OU, but he decided to stay close to home. And once this whole fire happened in Tennessee – he jumped right off, and it didn't take too much time of him in the portal moving on to OU. He's six foot two safety, high end four star, near five star guy. Exactly what you want in this defense. We know Grinch has a hard on for Delaren Turriel and Patrick Fields, um, but will he give up on them and give Keyshawn Lawrence a chance? That's what I really hope to see. Who would you rather um, be taking over, um, Patrick Fields or Keyshawn Lawrence, Bobby? Oh well, definitely Delaren Turriel, Bobby. Okay, so I, I'm I like DTY. I, I like Turner Yell quite a bit. Um, so I, I definitely him. Fields I've been sour on for a little bit. 
so having a little bit more depth there where we don't have to play fields as much and get a guy like Keyshawn Lawrence in, you know, he has the physical uh, prototypical body that you want in a Grinch defense. He's big. Uh, he's, again, highly uh, ranked. So, uh, again, I, I, need, I haven't seen anything out of him at Tennessee, but I, I do know this. The, this is the type of player we need. Uh, if we can give him the coaching that, uh, you know, that could really take him to that level, heck yeah, let's do it. But um, just just as a from a physical standpoint, he already looks the part more than uh, Fields or Turner Yell. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, if he can get in the system, get acclimated, uh, you know, better, then yeah, of course. Let's play, let's play the best guy at that position. Um, but right now, I, I would definitely say, you know, if we had to play a game tomorrow – I'd put him ahead of Fields, but not Turner Yell. Here's here's something about uh about Lawrence. Uh, Jameson touched on the fact that he's six two, which is no pun intended, huge uh, for this defense. Uh, the last forty speed that I can see on him uh, online, which was prior to this last season, was a four five, which is fast for uh for six two two ten. That is a uh, that's very fast, and that is uh you know, some height that we need and, and some speed. So, uh, you know, it is a, a possibility that maybe just his, his physical size and, and speed can make up for a little bit less of, uh, you know, knowledge of, of the defense itself. Yeah. It's going to be tough to take over the darlings of Grinch at the safety position. Um, there's an opening in nickelback position. It's looking like Buki's going to come back, but he's not said anything. Um, but, you know, that's been wide open this whole year. We were looking for someone to step up. We could put him there, but if we believe in him this much and we want to get him on the field as a solidified starter for us moving forward, we should probably just stick him at one position and not try to move him too much. And I think that's the free safety position. Um, I know a lot of people are high on Bryson Washington, that free safety position, um, but he missed so much time with COVID protocols last year that I think Keyshawn Lawrence, you know, is just too good not to try there as well. Um, so, but we need to, we need to take over Pat Fields because he does not have a good season. Once again, I understand he's a big leader in the locker room. He was our defensive captain, but there's a lot to fix in that secondary secondary. And he's one of the heads of that dragon. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, a position we sorely needed more depth at, and I'm, I'm thrilled that we got it. Uh, again, all three positions, stuff we needed depth at. I just, just an absolute luck uh, on our end that we got it all from the same place. Also, uh, Keyshawn Lawrence, uh, friends with uh, Woody Washington. Yeah, we got we got a big time Tennessee. Can we got you know three people from Tennessee's college, and we have you know Reggie Grimes and Woody Washington from Tennessee. So we have Tennessee as a pipeline now, pretty much. Um, We could use it. I know that's really weird to say, but we have it as a pipeline. Um, If you're playing NCAA 14, if you got five people from Tennessee, you got that pipeline state. So you're you're good to go. But yeah, that's that's the thing. If you were looking at this. this team next um, for looking at it next year. If I was looking at the biggest weaknesses, I'd say we need one tackle for sure. Cause Swinson ain't going to cut it. Um, you know, uh, I like what I've seen out of our young guys. Um, Stacy Wilkins took the year off. Um, he might buy for a tackle spot, but there's definitely, we needed one. One more is huge. The second one is I'm, I'm really nervous about the safety. Keyshawn Lawrence says, and, and number three is I'm nervous about um, Kennedy Brooks. And there you go. The whole there's not a there's not a position on this field that I'm worried about now. I feel like we have solid at every single position on this team now, um, except for nickelback maybe. 
um, with Buki. I understand. You know, <laughs> I understand he's done well, but he's just a little bit shaky there. Um, Justin Harrington coming off ACL surgery, six foot three, amazing speed. You know, faster than Keyshawn Lawrence kind of guy. Um, this is definitely going to be a spot there. So. Um, definitely good moving forward. Just to hit on the other transfers that we got from the portal, just quick notes. We really don't have to talk about them. Uh, we got Robert Congle from Arizona. He's an offensive lineman. Will be a grad transfer depth piece. Nothing really too big to be excited about there. Um, and then Micah Bowens, uh, we thought he was going to walk on as a quarterback from Penn State, a three-star guy coming out of there. And it looks like we did end up giving him a scholarship. And we didn't have much in our quarterback room to where we kind of needed to do something like this. Um, we haven't heard much about um, – I mean, we've heard Chandler Morris is gone. we heard Mordecai is gone. Uh, Tanner Schaefer we haven't heard from. That does not leave much depth other than Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. So Micah Bones was a much-needed move there. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, you know, you don't want to send out a guy who is who, – who, who got out a year early in uh, Caleb Williams – uh, who is just just physically not as you know uh, matured, uh, so you know having that depth is I mean that's massive. Uh, just e- even though he might not really ever see the field, just having him there is that's huge. Yes. Well, and it, it it might even be a, a fact, and this is a factor with the transfer portal the way that it is. Um, you know, obviously we're we're getting something from him, and and like you guys are talking about that level of depth and and security, but uh. You know, it's it's definitely not beyond the realm of possibility that he's going to come and, and hang out for a, a year or two, um, and and you know, be coached by Lincoln Riley, and then go on to, you know, a, a similar maybe middle bottom tier Power Five school and play out his his last years of eligibility. Um, it's it's absolutely. I'm not saying yes. You know, not to start like a conspiracy or, or saying those are his intentions, but. Uh, that's definitely a factor nowadays with the transfer portal the way that it is, and especially with, you know, Riley's success uh, with with quarterbacks. Yeah, which is a good thing because it yeah, it, it does something for us. You know, when we get in these situations where we're worried about depth, uh, when we're talking about you know linemen and it, really anyone offensively, uh, we start to look really appealing for uh, for guys that have skill and have abilities and and want to to transfer. So it, it definitely really helps us. You know, success breeds success, for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I was thinking about that earlier. Um, you know how some players that don't do well at D1, maybe you went to Penn State and he bit off too much, you know, that he couldn't chew, um, and then they go to JUCO to kind of revamp their stock. You can come to OU as a quarterback, walk on or scholarship, and not do anything, and your stock's higher for the next year moving forward. Well, it's like being, it's like being an assistant coach at Bama. Really, and I'm not even trying to make a joke there. Like it's, it yeah. it's you can you can be a guy that is not, um, and this is not the case with our you know our guys that have transferred this year. No disrespect to them, but you could be a dude that is not good. You know, like if we if we got uh, just for hypothetical speak, if Tate Martell transferred to OU, if he had another year of eligibility after this, Tate Martell could come to OU for a year not play a single snap and then go land a very significant starting job. I guarantee it. Uh, just on hype. Like it's, it's, he's like the Lane Kiffin of playing quarterback, but it's like, I see it as a very similar thing to being an assistant coach at Bam. You don't even have to be good. You just have to be there for a little bit. And then your stock goes up. Yeah. You, like you stoops. Just, yeah. Just spend a, <laughs> spend a year at the uh, Lincoln Riley school for quarterbacks who can't throw so good. And uh, <laughs> then you're an appealing spot for a TCU or an SMU. 
yeah. so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way college football works now and I'm all for it. You know, that's, uh, like uh, someone, I can't remember one of you said earlier, success breeds success. And, you know, having, I did, someone... I'm the first person ever to have said that. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Michael Scott, uh, but, um, yeah, no, it, it really is an opportunity to not only just learn from a great coach, but to go up against guys every day, you know, um, and, you know, you take that and move on to uh, whatever school you go to and you get better from there. So I, I think that's cool. Uh, definitely a plus because, you know, we're not going to play every one of these guys. But if you have guys in the locker room that theoretically could play somewhere, even if they do leave, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we got a couple walk on quarterbacks as well. Um, during this transfer time, Ben Harris from Carl Albert and then Ralph Rucker from Lovejoy. Um, Carl Albert's football team is just amazing. Great leader. Great guy to have as a walk on just in case, just in your locker room, you know, maybe he could use this stock. So that's really it for our transfers. Um, I don't foresee us really, you know, hearing too much more on the transfer front moving forward. Uh, the other name that we're looking at is Big Cat Williams out of Auburn. Great name, Big Cat. You know, like we're, we're searching for him. And he did commit to Tennessee. And then once all of this happened, he deleted all of his posts. And allegedly his high school quarterback was on staff at Tennessee, and then they sacked him. So they, they don't know what's going on there. I think he's just trying to figure out what's going on. Could come to OU, could go back to Auburn, could stay at Tennessee. We don't know, but that's the last name to look for in the transfer portal and probably until spring until we see more. But we've taken all of the good Easter eggs right now. You know, there's really is, not much to go through. Is he related to Barstool Big Cat? Or no? I No, I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> different side of the Big Cat clan. This, this Big Cat is spelled with a K. It's B, Big K-A-T. So oh. they, it, it, it's, it's not even like it. It's not even like his nickname. You look him up online. His name is Big Cat. Capital E I G space capital K A T. And I would love to have him, even if he didn't play much. You know, like our defensive line is going to be our strongest position next year. But it would be nice to have one, like you know, defensive end as depth, just in case with Jalen Redmond. You know, Jalen Redmond's injury history. He's fragile with stuff. He sometimes would just sit out random games, and we wouldn't know why. Um, you know, Marcus Stripling would be the backup to Jalen Redmond and that DN, who I believe in a lot, but it would not hurt at all having another piece behind him, especially too. So, yeah, we'll look for Big Cat, we'll hope for it. But if not, we still have scholarship opportunities. And if someone else hits big, hits the transfer portal in the spring, maybe a big-time wide receiver, that's what I would want as the last one to move in the portal. So let's just talk about now moving on to – our early enrollees from recruits and I'll get, we'll get a little bit of some, a long crew and corner segment here. Um, the big news of this week is we did not think Billy Bowman out of Denton was going to enroll early and he surprised showed up in Norman and he's enrolled early joining that wide receiver room that has plenty of opportunity written all over it with the unsure of Trojan Bridges, Theo Weiss and Jane Hazel. So Billy Bowman, Mario Williams, do you think they can make a Marvin Mims ex- um, experience like we had this year, Bobby? I, I feel like you almost said a Marvin Mims explosion, which I, I almost <laughs> did. Which <laughs> changed it to experience. <laughs> so, I, you know, honestly, I, I really love both Bowman and Williams. Uh, Williams, you know, it, seriously one of the uh, probably the fastest guy we've had since uh, Hollywood Brown in mm-hmm. terms of uh, just, you know, a, a dead speed type of guy. 
Uh, and I think, I think if anyone can blow up, it's him. Uh, I love, don't get me wrong. Love, uh, Billy Bowman. Think he's a solid receiver, but, um, uh, in terms of guys who add stuff that we just don't, didn't have last year, I think Mario Williams is, is a piece that we didn't, you know, he, he adds something to you that, uh, you know, I, I think is going to be absolutely invaluable. Uh, and you know, a, a great target for guys like Spencer Rattler who can really launch that thing. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I think I, my pick's definitely Williams to be a major big impact type of guy. We don't care who you are and how old you are. If you go out and produce, you're going to get spots at the wide receiver position. So I, I think Mario Williams has a clear role to go in there. If he wants to play slot, he has got all of the slot opportunity in the world on this team because we have not, you know, Drake Stoops is great, but, you know, is that the guy you want moving forward in a national championship team? You know, he, he's not your, your prototype wide receiver for a blue blood kind of guy. He's a good hustle, but I would not want him as my starting slot. Trajan Bridges, you know, at that slot position, but you never know a Trajan. So Mario Williams, I would love to see a lot of snaps. Yeah. Ty, have you seen much about Mario Williams? Have you seen his uh, tape? Uh, I have not, but it, you know, just to, without going, you know, full gooner again, to echo that, um, no disrespect to Drake Stoops. I feel like I've said no disrespect like 15 times on this pod, uh, but he, he shouldn't be, you know, starting like he is like, like we talked about and, and you guys know I have my whole rants on the 2019 uh, receiving class that no one is able to refute because it's just a fact. Uh, but it is, you know, anyone that we can get in there is is going to be a weapon, uh, regardless of if they're an all-the-time guy, because we do have Drake, who is going to go out there and, and give you his effort all the time. Um, so, you know, any, any weapons that are added is... Uh, a really cool thing, especially someone with some, some real, real speed uh, is super cool too. I feel like that'll complement Mims really well. And maybe what I'm seeing with these two guys, the little bit that I've seen about uh, Mario and then with Mims, hopefully maybe, you know, fingers crossed, we get that sort of a CD and then early Rambo dynamic where Rambo was actually putting in effort, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. One thing I do like about this is we're so deep. We can start mixing and matching uh, type types of guys we have yeah. and really give the defense a ton of different looks. And, you know, that versatility is uh, really nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a, you could almost say that we're uh, too deep. <laughs> we too deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, the, the big thing that we don't talk about a lot with these wide receivers getting in early is they came in early with Caleb Williams too. And the more time for them to grow together as a pair will have great rewards in the future. If you can get a relationship between Mario Williams, Billy Bowman, and Caleb Williams throwing the ball to him, you know, that is once they get the reins and they're the starting guys here in two years, you know, that's it's hopefully there's an instantaneous connection where there's no drop off. You know, sometimes you'll see the new quarterback come in, but he's been playing backup and thrown to the twos wide receivers. And now he's starting to throw to the ones. If we can keep those same guys and move them together as like a cohort, I think that's a really big move forward. We did not think Caleb Williams was going to early enrollee and then surprise he's dual enrolled in high school classes online out of DC living in Norman and also going to college. So I don't know how that worked out, but it's crazy what happens whenever you're the best country uh, high school player in the country. 
Yes, yeah. it, it is. I mean, I, I guess so. Uh, his dedication to OU and everything, and to 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 getting in the system as literally quick as possible, is uh, really, really, really cool. And I, I, I'm excited to see him play for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next the next guy I want to bring up with the early enrollees that I think is probably you know we got two more guys I think a big early impacts is Latrell McCutcheon at the cornerback position. Um, you know, DJ Graham uh, was really good for us as a freshman cornerback last year. We saw it before, you know, with Jaden Davis, freshman come in and get opportunities to do well. Latrell McCutcheon is your prototype Grinch guy, six foot one fast and long, and is a wants to be a Darrell Revis type of guy, put you on an island. He's going to have the opportunity to do exactly that. And plus, with losing Trey Brown and Trey Norwood, there's so much opportunity in this cornerback room. Will Devon Graham stay at – or DJ Graham stay at cornerback because there is rumors he wants to move to offense because that's what he truly enjoys more. So Latrell McCutcheon, huge name to look at moving forward. Um, something really fun if we do get a spring game to see where he ends up in the depth chart. Yeah, And then one more defender, just a quick little note, um, is Clayton Smith. He got bumped up to a five-star on Rivals, defensive end out of Texarkana. Um, Jamar Kane came in first year and said, I'm going to go grab a five-star defensive end out of Texas. And he did it. That's just nuts. That Jamar Kane was – we heard that he had such a great relationship with his players, really good recruiter, came in, and now he's a Lincoln guy. And it's great, and we don't want to lose him. It's – we struck gold and Clayton Smith, the, the reports on that he, whenever he came in as an early enrollee this week, the dude just looks ripped and big, like, like a legitimate man. He does not look like a freshman. So that will be another really fun guy to watch moving forward there. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. And uh, Jamar Kane, I, I feel like we, we talked a lot about it in last, last year's off season about how big he's going to be for recruiting and the D line. And then the D line just blew up last year. And we kind of didn't. We kind of hadn't talked about him a ton. Uh, at least we 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 accredit it to Grinch and uh, Perkins and all that. But Kane, or yeah, Jamar Kane was. Um, I mean, um, immensely uh, important there. Uh, I mean, that's our best D line since probably 2013. Uh, that Sugar Bowl uh, run we had. So you know, I, I love it. Just in one year, having that much impact, incredible stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, moving forward, it's going to be really fun. Um, do you, Ty, where do you think in all of college football, who like talent wise, not ranking wise, how many teams are more talented than OU going into next year? I mean, that's rough. I, I think if you, if you uh, split it between offense and defense, I think offensively, um, you would be very hard pressed to make an argument that OU isn't somewhere in the top three, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, defensively, we've definitely gotten a lot better. I think we're we're for sure top twenty-five if we're just looking at, at personnel uh, talents. But I, I think maybe as a whole, as a team, and I understand you know this is very closely tied to recruiting classes. That's you know hit or miss there. Um, I think we're definitely top 10 as a team for sure. And I don't think that I would have made that statement in regards to the entire team, um, probably since like 2008. So it's, uh, I think we have great potential this year because we are a more complete team in my opinion. 
going into next year than we have been in a long time. It's, you know, when we're discussing this, this future team, and I, I know we're way too early right now, uh, you just hear our discussions and, and other OU sports, you know, sources discussions are about, oh, you know, this is, these are going to work with this and this and this, and that's how we're going to succeed. Whereas in the past you would hear those, oh, we're going to rely on our offense to cover our defense, or we're going to rely on insert player name here to carry the defense, or we're going to rely on insert quarterback here to make up for the lack of running backs, or we're going to have to rely on insert receiver to cover the other receivers. And we have those big talented names and a lot of them. And now you're hearing the discussion across the board, shifting away from this. We're going to have to rely on insert player or position group to carry the others uh, more towards a, wow, this is really going to complement this. And, and I'm not saying we don't have weaknesses, but we're definitely very talented. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on, a, on that as well. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely like this is our window. This is our moment. Not just because we have guy, we we figured out the defense. It's we're a more well-rounded team, and we have a returning quarterback who knows the system. Uh, he finally has all of his weapons either healthy or off suspension. Uh, the defense is humming. We've filled out all of our positions that are weak, and more than more more than that, the opposition is a little bit down. You have Alabama, who again. They reload every year. They're going to be incredible. But, you know, starting off with a new quarterback who hasn't taken, you know, a real meaningful snap yet. Uh, you lose Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. You don't have a huge group of uh, wide receivers or, you know, Najee Harris coming back. But they're going to be good. Don't get me wrong. They'll be killers. Definitely the uh, headliners. But other than that, you have Ohio State who's well-rounded, but also missing Justin Fields. Uh, Clemson, who, you know, missing Trevor Lawrence and has kind of taken a dip in terms of depth, but they're still going to be deadly. Other than that, it's probably Georgia and that's it. Uh, mm. So as far as experience goes, as far as well-rounded goes, this is the best OU team I think we've had since we've started, or it has the potential to be the best. It's the most well-rounded team uh, or projects to be the most well-rounded team we've had since 2015. This is the moment. And, you know, Oklahoma, I mean, this, the stakes have never been higher. The last time they were this high was uh, 2017. Um, the schedule sets up well for OU. Uh, their, their biggest competition, Iowa State, is in Norman. Uh, TCU in Norman. Uh, Oklahoma State, not good this year. Uh, Non-conference, kind of a joke. Uh, your road game's Tulane. And then you got Nebraska, who is just utter sewage trash. Like, it, they're they're so bad. We're, we're fine. Uh, and then Western Carolina. OU is set up for a really good run here. They just have to make it count um, and, you know, avoid tripping up. And then also try to get in that Cotton Bowl semifinal. Having a, having a semifinal that close to home, that I mean, that, that, that just sets you up right there. Uh, so it's all out there for OU, but they just have to capitalize. They have to not make mistakes and just come to every game like it's a national championship, which is, I know, a very hokey thing to say, but that's what has always gotten OU. Overconfidence, tripping the bad teams, tripping the teams they shouldn't lose or lose to, and not running through uh, you know the finish line in the fourth quarters. If they do that and they have the capability to do that, I think this is a team that can win the national championship. Yeah, I, I, I feel very confident in comparison to other teams that I've had I've ever felt 
in my recent memory of OU this year. Um, and it goes along with what you said. In the Let's just take, for example, ESPN's preseason top 25. I understand they do this. does not mean a lot. But number one on there is Clemson. And they lost Trevor Lawrence. They lost Travis Etienne. You know, and they've got a young quarterback going in and DJ Uyagalele, or however you say it. I'm pretty, I'm really close. You're Coming close. in, young quarterback can trip up no matter, it can happen. Alabama, number two, you know, they're they're losing Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. But the biggest thing we don't talk about is they're losing pretty much their whole offensive line. Alex Leatherwood, you know, Landon Dickerson, Deontay Brown, uh, uh, the other really good offensive tackle that they have. You know, it's it's going to be a big loss for them. And Bryce Young, while I think he's like a dark horse kind of guy, is a breakout big time player this year. I don't know if it's how much of a dark horse is. I just really believe in Bryce Young. You know, he's young, playing in SEC, and you're there's a chance to trip up there. When you're a young quarterback into the spotlight, you don't have as much of a history there. There's a chance to trip up. We're number three. If you're comparing any other team in the top six, so there would be Georgia at four, Ohio State at five, Texas A&M at six. All of five of the other six teams have lost their starting quarterback. We have ours, and we have a very solid team. I feel very good moving forward. If you go down to the top 25 projected, um, North Carolina at seven is the first person to have their quarterback back, but they lose both of their running backs is what made them so special as a team in North Carolina, which I think they will take a dip because they've lost so much good um, at uh, running back there. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're still a very serious threat for for Clemson, I think, especially uh, this year. I, I I will say no one has touched on it with with Bama as well. It's uh, even with the people that they are retaining, especially offensively, they have that massive coaching staff turnover. So those relationships and expectations. I'm not saying you know that their coaches were obviously Saban is is the one that matters and he's staying, but those sort of expectations and relationships. Uh, are are now changing slightly for the guys that are staying as well. So it's going to be, you know, it's and again, it's Bama, it's Nick Saban. They're going to be good either way. Uh, but you know, they're not at their peak, and and we are we've sort of you know just by coincidence uh, reached this situation where we are sort of peaking more or less, or, or should be uh, at around our apex with this with this OU team, um, and some of the other traditional, you know, powerhouses have been, uh, you know, have peaked very recently and are now on a decline as they build back up for that launch Clemson and Bama, especially, uh, I'm not worried about Ohio state, but they, I think they're very similar to OU and, and they can, they always pull someone out and, and end up successful and they come out of their season less beat up uh, than some other teams as well. So yeah. To, yeah. to quote, it's, to it's quote the great fun. Dennis Reynolds, we have not even begun to peak. <laughs> yeah, <Peak>? but, <laughs> yeah. Oh. This, this this is this is good I, I believe in this next season um but other than that uh bobby you want to take us home yeah absolutely uh i do want to touch on the alabama point about their coaching staff although sarkeesian huge loss you replaced uh, you, you have you you added two nfl head coaches to your mix with doug marone and uh bill o'brien Look, I I know Bill O'Brien was a dumpster fire with Houston, but this is that that's still too big hires. So Alabama, you know, they're doing fine, but this is definitely the weakest, the wobbliest they've looked, which is still not very wobbly. Mm-hmm. It's like 
like a table that's just kind of moving a little bit, but they're still just nuclearly great. But I don't know. Let's let's close this out. Um, so I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the success of OU basketball this year. Uh, what a run for the Sooners. Uh, they're currently on their second straight, three straight uh, top 10 game uh, going against Alabama on Saturday. I, for one, am very hyped. Um, Jameson, what are your thoughts on OU basketball? And do you think they can make a run this year? It, yeah, it's crazy to think that we were, you know, with Brady Manick going down COVID and everything, I felt like this was a time we were about to trip up. Coming back, he didn't look like he was returning that well. But the way that Davion Harmon has stepped up um, this season, especially as of recently, has been extremely something that we needed. You know, he was a guy that I was worried about last year if he was too small. If, sometimes he just drive the lane and just get blocked. He couldn't create too much for himself. But he's came into himself looking like a huge piece for us. You know, whenever you have Austin Reeves, the most hateable guy in all of the uh, basketball <laughs> next to you, anything is possible. But, yeah, I, I don't know if this is like, you know, a poise to be a team that's national champion. But with college basketball this year, you know, Gonzaga, Baylor, just too good for everyone else. But definitely a team to be fun, make some noise in the Big 12, and, you know, hopefully win a couple games in the tournament. I think OU definitely has that in the cards and should be probably, if they keep this up, probably a four or five seed. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a gritty, tough fun team and you know the additions of you know emoji gibson i i somehow botched gibson uh emoji gibson and uh alondis williams kind of coming up a little bit better this is one of the deepest teams we've had probably probably since 2016 so i i i've really enjoyed watching this team play once man gets a little healthier after his covid uh you know time away that is going to be a huge plus but um ty your thoughts on any basketball this year yeah, it's it's uh super, I don't think we're close to a national championship uh, team, but I think you know we're poised to to make a a good run. I think everyone is pleasantly surprised at our in conference success, uh, which is always fun. It, it's just you know that's how I see basketball. I'm not super invested in it. If we're not good, then we're not good. But if we're good, then it's it's super fun to to see. So that's super cool. Uh, I know Bobby, I was telling you uh, before the pod, uh, one of the significant things I was seeing was just. But just across the board, we had just the tiniest little, you know, one to two percent across the board increase in, uh, you know, shooting. And it's made a, a really significant difference. Uh, I know this this team last year, you would go to games and everyone was shooting like 15 to 20 percent. Uh, so it was really disappointing because you'd have a super, super cool play and then just someone just missing a wide open shot. Uh, and we've cleaned that up a little bit this year. So it's significantly more fun to to attend the games regardless but i think that has been a, a key to our success and i think uh i think we'll make it and i think we'll make a neat little run might be a cinderella for a little bit hopefully yeah a sweet 16 elite eight type run would be amazing but uh you know that's that's probably the cap for ou but i you know hey that's the thing this is going to be the strangest march madness of all time with all of it taking place in indianapolis uh presumably no fans so it's going to be a wild time, but I'm here for it. I'm excited. Anyways. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we have uh, in terms of OU football content and uh, Tennessee dumpster fire uh, stuff. But um, yeah, as as stuff goes along in this offseason, we'll uh, periodically pop in and uh, let you know about it. So um, yeah, <laughs> the long offseason is just beginning and let's... 
you know, we got this. We, <laughs> we're actually doing podcasts for this offseason, so that's very fun. But anyways, for me, Jameson, and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>